0: Welcome to the Friday edition of Passion where just about anything goes. We'll look at some uh, stories, sex stories, some news, uh, some new research out there like animal research showing us that we are likely to go back to an uh, ex-masturbation to boost your immune system. And some great news. Watching TV can make your relationship stronger. We'll find out how. But first, time to check out our inbox. Your texts are always welcome. Connect with passion at 514-800. You can also email me to laurie at drlaurie.com at any, at any point in the, in this hour. So whether it's your questions, your comments, or the stories that I'll share with you, uh like i said anything uh, anything goes tonight uh, so let me share this email good morning we enjoyed yesterday's show very interesting topic here in oz so this is our uh, australian gang uh, we have probably the most trans people next to brazil i'm working today with a few co-workers from 8:30 to 1 just to put up the company tree and decorate the office we will be playing music dancing while decorating We were wondering during traffic reports, do you close down roads for construction or is it COVID related to restrict movement? So here's someone wondering because they're listening into the traffic reports as well and hearing about all the closures. Um, No, it's for construction. It has nothing to do with COVID. Uh, They go on to say, if I may ask a small request, this is uh, a poem for us here on a Saturday decorating So a passion poet for the uh, ladies down under, well, they're not just ladies now, they're men too. We will be only five, Janice, Cindy, Todd, Jeff, and myself, Mindy, part of the Lunch with Lori gang. Cheers. Uh, Well, thank you for that. Enjoy our show during your Saturday uh, lunch break. It's kind of funny, right? Because they're listening to it the next day uh, live. Anyway, passion poet. Get on it so they can hear it. <laughs> you can work on it right now. He's pretty good at coming up with stuff uh, on the fly. All right, here's a question for you. Dear Dr. Lori, one of my friends recently confided in me that she had been diagnosed with molluscum. I'd heard about all the usual STIs in sex ed class, HIV, syphilis, gonorrhea, herpes, and the like, but I'd never heard of molluscum. I didn't want to ask her too many questions and make her feel bad, but what exactly is it? What are the symptoms and how is it treated? I've gotten tested for STIs before, but I'm not sure that I've been tested for this. Should this be something I ask my doctor to include next time I get tested or is it rare? So molluscum is basically a virus called the molluscum contagiosum. Uh, This is also like HPV and herpes spread through skin to skin contact or touching a contaminated object. So in this case, that's how it is. But this, interestingly, this is a virus that is mostly seen in children, but now we also know that it can be transmitted sexually in adults. Basically, it's a mild skin uh, infection or disease that appears as growths, uh, but they can appear anywhere on the body, and they generally resolve On their own. A person is contagious as long as the lesions are there. So, this is not one that can be spread asymptomatically. Uh, Usually, this is treated by uh, a dermatologist, but really, there's no reason to test for it unless you see these growths. If there are no growths, you don't have this. So, that's a little bit different than maybe some of the others that can be transmitted asymptomatically. Last year, my husband had an affair. With a co-worker. I had my suspicions, but he confessed to me when I asked him because he wanted to save our marriage. He ended the affair and they work in different offices now. I was furious and heartbroken, but not ready to give up on our relationship. We've seen a marriage counselor, but it hasn't helped that much. I still find myself stuck with this feeling of resentment and betrayal that I can't break out of. I keep asking myself the same question. Can a marriage be saved after an affair? Do you know? Well, in fact, I do know. And the answer is yes. I've spent the better part of my career helping couples heal after an infidelity. And what I have witnessed for couples who want to, you have to want to, obviously, uh, is that couples can grow stronger and even more connected than pre-affair. But this takes time, this takes compassion, this takes patience, this takes transparency and certainly a willingness and a commitment to do what it takes. It is a hard road, but it is absolutely doable. And the research tells us that it takes, it can take two years of working on your marriage. Now that doesn't mean you're going to feel this exact way for the whole two years, it gets better as time goes on. But it is normal. It is normal to have periods of anger and sadness, even if for the most part you've forgiven and you've moved on and and you're working on the relationship. That doesn't mean you're not going to be triggered or that you're going to have uh, flashbacks or or moments of this. But I can tell you with certainty that over time, this does uh, dissipate. But trust takes a long time to rebuild, takes a long time. And it's not a straight road going up. There are a lot of ups and downs. So if that particular therapist uh, was not helpful, please find another one uh, and ask them, do they specialize in uh, infidelity? Don't give up. And when you're looking for a therapist, like it's like, one size doesn't fit all you need to know this you need to be able if you're going to do good work to connect with the therapist that you are working with you it you need to feel like you're in an environment that is safe and that can contain the um the conflict and everything else if you don't have confidence in that then it's going to be very difficult to really um benefit to the max you 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 might still benefit and get some uh tips and and some advice but uh, i think that really it's worth looking into it a bit more and finding one that uh, that works for you Hi, Dr. Lori. Funny comments from the Aussie crew. Pressure on the poet though. Nice to be back. Fell asleep early Monday through Thursday work nights. For those of you who do fall asleep before 10 and hey, it can happen. Can't happen to me. Not allowed to, but it can happen to you. You can always pick up our podcast. So all our shows are then there for you to download and listen at your leisure. So if you have the iHeart app, if you don't have it, get it because it's great and it's free. Uh, all the podcasts on are on there if you go to the CJD page uh, or you can go to my website directly and there's a tab there that says passion radio and uh, you can find all the past shows they're all labeled and and by topics and and things like that so uh, that's something you can do hi Lori been in a relationship for 26 years I'm not in love with him anymore I feel more like his mom than his girl it's so stupid I don't know how to get out help So in a situation like that, you, um, you might want to speak to somebody, a professional who can help you figure out what's going on. If, if you've already decided that that's it for you, there's no going back, um, or if you think there might be a chance, then, uh, I would say work on it, give it at least a shot, some couple counseling together to, uh, to figure this out. And maybe through that process, your partner will see that, okay, maybe there's nothing left, uh, you know, for him either. Unfortunately. When you're put in a role for a long time as the, as the mom of, of a husband, you start to lose a lot. You lose a lot of interest in it, like desire you, you lose admiration for, and that's not fun for any, anybody to be in. So, uh, coming up, I've got more of, uh, your text plus we'll talk about some animal research, uh, that shows us that, uh, yeah, some of you are probably likely to go back to an ex and it tells us a little bit why, gives us some understanding. With Dr. Lori Batido on CJAD 800. It's Friday night. Pretty much anything goes tonight. So the passion poet is not going to let the uh, Aussies down. Here is what he has to say to Mindy and her gang. Uh, Let's go down under. There is a place called Sydney. Meet the lunch with Lori gang and their leader named Mindy getting the office ready for Christmas, putting up a tree, having fun and singing, caroling is the key. Only 35 days away, the rush has begun and only 41 days left until 2021. Well, you came up with that one quick. Thank you. And uh, that's for Mindy and her gang. And then a question, Uh, last year at a banquet, my ex told someone at her table she shouldn't have said a few things when I broke up with him, that's what she said. I It got back to me. I've had mixed feelings um, hearing it. Haha, ha, too bad for you. And ooh, it would be nice to get back together. Please comment. I'm not quite sure what to comment since I don't really know uh, the situation uh, quite well. So if it's, are you interested in getting back together? You, oh, she broke up with you. And she, you're thinking she has some regrets. I imagine that if she wanted to get back together with you, she would have reached out. So I don't know if I would put too much stock into the comments made at a banquet. Not, not quite sure. And how long have you been separated already? And have you been pining all this time for this person? I mean, listen, no, no pain, no gain. If you want to reach out to her and say, hey thinking about you, how you doing during COVID and and what have you, you could do that Uh, as uh, this next study that I'll tell you about seems to be that we have a tendency to go back with an ex. But let me share this. As far as going back with an ex, I'm not sure about that. But with two, my ex-wife and another long-term I had, if I could relive them, even knowing the outcome, I would. A lot of very good years were there. And then I got a a fun email here. Uh, Thanks for a great show. I listen to Passion regularly and find it extremely informative. I was wondering if you could mention that voting for the One Condoms Canadian Design Contest 2020 has begun and will continue until January 1st. I am especially interested in getting the word out because two of my designs have been selected as finalists. I'm also a proud Montrealer and wanted to represent our region and they're actually quite uh, quite beautiful design so one condoms uh, I love this company first of all they uh, they help out they help out they sponsor a lot of events uh, when I go to uh, colleges and things like that and they give out their condoms but what's interesting is their packaging they have the most unique packages and like hundreds of different packages they're round that's how you'll recognize them one condoms Uh, and they're really fun like super super fun so if you're interested in just checking it out go to onecondoms.com and look for the design contest so onecondoms.com and the person who sent this in is Joanne Samo. so she is the one who um who presented her, her two, uh, two designs and they were actually really good. So if you want to go look at those, have a look again, onecondoms uh, dot com. All right. Let me tell you about this. This is out of, uh, Concordia university right here. This research actually Gonzalo Quintana Zunino, Dr. uh, Quintana Zunino has, uh, been on the show before I believe. Uh, anyway, so he, uh, did, He's a PhD in behavioral neuroscience and he studies the neuroscience of sex and just uh, published a paper. And what he has shown or what his study showed was that male rats can be trained to prefer a female rat with a neutral odor cue like perfume when paired often enough, the male rat will learn to prefer the perfumed female to any other unscented female. In the study, the male rats were tested for companion preference. They were allowed to copulate freely with two females, one with perfume and the partner from their first romp in the sheets. So what does this mean? male rats can be taught to develop a preference for a current partner but once they are presented with an option of their first partner many reverted back to what they knew from their first in other words your first time experience could interfere with a learned preference so this study shows that we are creatures of habit even when taught not to be which They say maybe this is why we tend to pick the same type of lover based on a type from our prior sexual encounters or possibly our first loves. What was found was that the male rats did not show any preference for their current pairing, so the rat with the perfume, and preferred their first-time partner. So clearly those first sexual experiences could have a really profound effect on partner preference. And if you if we just compare this to the last, I don't know, how long has Facebook been around? 20 years? Has it been 20, 15 years, whatever? How many people have connected through Facebook to their very first loves? Like, we didn't see that before. Now, since Facebook, we're seeing that all over the place. How many stories have we heard of such things, right? Anyway, the interesting thing about rats is that they for some reason, and I'm not, you know, I'm not a neurobiologist by any stretch. So, uh, their brains though, resemble somewhat the human brain, some, something in it is very similar. So for a lot of sex research, rats are often used and you can train a rat to develop a fetish as well. So a colleague of mine, uh, Jim Faust used to work on with rats. And I remember the story of his, his he had a rat with a tiny little um <laughs> leather vest <laughs> and he and and the rat learned to fetishize this the leather it was very interesting so um there are things we can learn from uh, rat studies my question is from this texter throughout the years i have visited several therapists and psychologists there comes a point when you feel you're just wasting each other's time is this normal Yes, uh, yes, it is normal that you might come to the end of of it feeling useful, right? So it's not about wasting each other's time, but like I like to check in, especially when I have clients who are with me for uh, long stretches of of time, so like more than 10 sessions or what have you, I'm always revisiting goals. I'm always starting, you know, talking about, okay, for the next uh, few months, what do you want to work on? What do you want to accomplish? What do you want to achieve? What are your objectives so we can work on those objectives so maybe it's something it's a conversation that you can have with whatever therapist you're working if you feel that you're turning around in circles and you're really not getting anywhere or you feel like it's not being helpful sometimes getting a fresh outlook or fresh perspective, possibly with a therapist who maybe uses different, like comes at it from a different perspective or a different approach to dealing with problems because we all, there are many, many different psychological approaches to dealing with all kinds of problems and we all have our preferred ways of working depending on how we were trained or the the extra trainings that we we take and, and things like that. So it's something that you can, um, you can discuss uh, and ask whatever therapist you're going to see next, like what, what their um, approach is. And also the connection between you and the therapist matters a lot. That therapeutic alliance is what we call it, is actually probably the most important part of um, a successful therapy as well. So, so yes, it's normal, but you can ask yourself other questions and also ask yourself, do you still need this? And why do you need this? And is this a, a dependency? In other words, are you just afraid not to, to have this person in your life or a therapist in your life? Uh, and things like that. So again it, it, there's so many factors involved in terms of w- what it is you're struggling with and how deep rooted the issues are and how much support you need and sometimes you just need you just need an ear you just need a, an objective ear to listen to you uh, somebody who knows you who has gotten to know you uh, over time and that support is enough. So everybody has different needs if you, so I think you get my drift right you see what i'm saying uh, so coming up we'll talk about uh, some doctors recommending masturbation during uh, the lockdown or during the pandemic to boost your immune system and uh, this headline says and fight off infection can you imagine if it came out cure for covid or you know best defense against covid masturbate more That would be interesting. It's not exactly that, but you know how headlines work just like that. A safe place to work out the kinks in any relationship. It's Passion with CGAD 800's Dr. Lori Batito. All right, here's your stupid sex story of the night and probably uh, there's a judgment on my part on why it's stupid, but here goes. The uh, headline, this is from people.com. Megan Trainer explains why she won't have sex with husband Daryl Sabara while pregnant. So she's a singer. She's 26 years old. She's currently expecting her first child, a boy with her husband and uh, she told uh, today's parents that their sex life is currently on pause until their new addition arrives trainer explained that it's a mental hurdle she can't get past in the bedroom she says maybe this is weird but mentally i can't have sex while our son is in between us All my pregnancy app says it feels really good, but all I can think about is that there's a little boy in my belly. So yes, I'm judging her. I shouldn't, but uh, I I thought that was a bit silly. But anyway, everybody has their reasons. I shouldn't really be so judgy. All right masturbation masturbate during coronavirus lockdown to boost your immune system and fight off infection docs say this is the headline Uh, so doctors reveal uh, that masturbation is the answer to boosting your immune system aside from obviously helping to stop the spread of coronavirus enjoying some alone time at home could keep you healthy in other respects Dr. Jennifer Landem, a specialist in hormone therapy, suggests that indulging in some self-love might be exactly what you need to strengthen your body's natural defense forces. Masturbation is known to boost your immune system and raise your white blood cell count, which in turn helps to fight infection in the body. Uh, Dr. Landon's views are also reflected in a small study conducted by the Department of Medical Psychology at the University Clinic of Essen in Germany, which closely looked at the effects of orgasm through masturbation on white blood cell count. And yes, while well, uh, uh, well, we agree that a team of doctors watching a group of people engage in self-pleasure is rather rather strange, the results were clear and it was confirmed that sexual arousal and orgasm increased the number of white blood cells and boosted the immune system. Would you like to have volunteered for that? More than that though, orgasms in general help you relax and sleep better too and more sleep means more time for your body to repair and recover besides the nhs even says that sexual arousal sends the heart rate higher and the number of beats per minute reach reaches its peak during orgasm so if you're feeling a little under the weather or simply want your immune system firing the way it should simply whip out your playmate and enjoy the time indoors <laughs> um I, is a couple of texts here i could see masturbation helping covid because this activity generally requires self-isolation and then masturbate for immunity sounds like a Donald Trump COVID solution. (laughs) Um, yeah, there you go. And then someone says, yeah, I used to bug my friend about stuff like that, about the, um, and not having sex while you have a baby uh, or pregnant rather about stuff like that. I said, you were poking them in the eye with your wiener. I also told another friend that it was his fault that his kid had a soft spot in the middle of his head after he was born. The fontanelle, that's a normal part. That's not due to, (laughs) there is no danger. You will not touch the baby. I promise you that you cannot get past that cervix. It's keeping it in there. All right. Uh, Megan Traynor, yeah, maybe she's a bit squeamish, prudish by my reckoning, but Hey, if her hubby's okay with the pregnancy abstinence as well, then good for them both. Sure. If, if it's a choice they both made and they're both okay with it and hopefully they're doing other stuff. Like it's, you don't have to abstain from sexual activity. You, you might want, if in her case, she wants to abstain from intercourse. I hope she's not abstaining from anything else. That would be, you know, kind of, uh, silly, I guess, All right, let's see. Uh, I want to talk to you about television watching. I found this article to be really, really interesting. An article written by Nicole Pager. The surprising way watching TV can make your relationship stronger. Now, lots of us are watching TV together. It's one of the few things we can do that has not been taken away. Uh, So let's talk about this for a minute and how it, um, it can help. So this is what this uh, this research was about watching movies that feature on-screen couples then discussing their journey with your partner can have a positive effect on on your relationship. Ron Roge is an assistant professor of clinical psychology at the University of Rochester. He adds, it can significantly slash a couple's risk of divorce, even as the divorce rates during the pandemic appear to be surging. So in his initial study in 2013, he sought out to examine the best ways that couples could increase their chances of staying together in their early years of marriage when in fact there is a massive spike in the divorce rate so if, if you're going to get divorced the most likely time to be divorced is like with within six years usually of marriage by the way uh, the original goal was for spouses to attend workshops to strengthen their relationship uh, but Rose wanted to see if merely spending time together and having discussions was enough to do the trick so he sent a quarter of the study's 174 couples home with an assignment. Each week, they had to select one movie to watch off of his pre-screened list, which included uh, iconic on-screen relationships like True Lies, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, and American Beauty. They were instructed to engage in a conversation following the film, discussing what the romantic duo in the movie went through. Couples did this for five weeks and the experiment resulted in a 50% reduction in divorce within the first three years of marriage in comparison to the other couples in the study. This is really good news for movie watching uh, with your partner, but I'm going to tell you what you have to do if you want it to work. Uh, a quarter of the couples in the study went through the premarital relationship program and um, another quarter received workshops on another program on building empathy and uh, compassion and another quarter did absolutely nothing and then the quarter that had the movie discussion exercise. The couples who did nothing had a 24% divorce or separation rate in the first three years of marriage and in the other four, um, in the care, in the, the, the pre-marriage uh, workshops and the movie watching group, the divorce rate was around 12%. So really their conclusion is instead of taking, if, if the, the divorce rate is the same with the groups that had the, uh, you know, the workshops uh, on how to have a good marriage and such, uh, was the same. Why not cut out the cost and do the movie thing? right so the only thing is here here's what you have to do after you watch a movie and they could be romantic comedies things that show couples uh, having a relationship uh, sit down with your partner to analyze the relationship arc that the relationship the couples went through on screen how did the couple manage stress did they support each other did they struggle? How do we do that as a couple? How did they uh, protect their friendship with each other on screen? Uh, how is that similar or different to what we are doing? How did they handle disagreements? How is it similar or different than what we do? So do you see what I mean? Um, you have to be having those kinds of discussions if you want it to work. Just sitting there and watching and not talking about it, not going to help. Just saying. Uh, divorce rates are, in fact, surging. I'll tell you a little bit uh, about some research on, on that. That's the other, um, uh, unfortunately, the, uh, another downside to this whole pandemic. Not that there's any really upsides, but nonetheless... Mm-hmm. The pleasure and the politics to the hangups and the heartbreak you're listening to passion cjd 800 on the text board someone wants to know the names of the movies that were mentioned in the study so it was uh, true lies mr and mrs smith american beauty and there's others too, like Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, Father of the Bride. One of my favorites is Hope Springs. It's with an older couple that is struggling uh, after many, many years of marriage. So what this, what he's saying is that you shouldn't be looking at romantic comedies because they are counterintuitive uh, um, simply because the... The relationship, usually they become a couple at the end in those romantic comedies, unless there are some that where they're a relationship throughout. Um, And horror and sci-fi movies also leave those out. So there's a few um, suggestions. And if anybody else has suggestions of movies that have good uh relationshipy type things uh, last time when we were talking about a mental illness in couples uh, or how to handle that there was I listed some great movies um there too that have relationships that e- evolve uh through time throughout the uh, throughout the movie so Those are good. Uh, I really like that conversation starter aspect of uh, TV watching for endangered relationship couples. I think it's not just for endangered relationship couples. I think it's a great exercise to do, uh, when you're just, you, after you finish watching a movie, having a discussion about it. it, it's a great bonding experience. It's a great way to think about how your partner thinks and things like that. Uh, for anyone looking for a different Christmas movie to watch this weekend The Ref with Dennis Leary and Kevin Spacey strong language but really funny well is it kid appropriate or, or not I don't know a uh, question what percentage of married people masturbate without their partner's knowledge on a regular basis an estimate so I don't have any numbers off the top of my head I would say that most people who masturbate don't necessarily say okay honey i am going off to masturbate now see you later uh that's not going to happen so most people would be doing it without their partner's knowledge but most people in relationships i hope know that their partners sometimes indulge in self-pleasure the only time you really have to concern yourself with your partner's masturbation habits is if it interferes with your sex life together so if your partner is regularly rejecting you but you know that they are self-pleasuring so they're choosing this activity over you it's going to create a problem in your marriage or your relationship and at that point you're going to need help, uh, to fig- figure stuff out. But otherwise in a, in a hel- in a marriage where there is regular sexual activity or enough for, for both that are satisfied with it, uh, and there's, uh, masturbation activities. Do you care? Like, does it matter? I, I'm, I'm putting it out there. Does it matter? It doesn't matter to me, but I'm just wondering if it matters, uh, to you. Let's talk about, uh, divorce rates rising, The numbers reveal the pandemic's toll on relationships. We know the pandemic has not been easy on couples. This is an article by Dr. Teresa D. Donato. Uh, It hits from all sides, from economic concerns to new working arrangements, from sick family members to managing children's stress and virtual schooling, from being at home more than ever to the social distancing from friends and family, uh, there's a, a huge burden and it's uh, all the heavier because of its uncertainty. We None of us know when is this going to end. So it's a lot to manage for everybody, but for some couples, it's just too much according to legal templates divorce agreement sales saw a staggering 34 percent increase uh, this summer compared to last year their data suggests the pandemic's effect was quick three weeks into quarantine and people were seeking divorces at a rate that outpaced previous years shorter marriages appear more at risk Over half of divorce pursuits documented through legal templates were by couples who had been married within the last five years. And as I said earlier, um, most couples who will divorce will do so in the first few years of marriage. Uh, This uh, October, a DC-based law firm has reported a 70% increase in phone call traffic compared to last year. Uh, Divorces are clearly on uh, the rise so how do we make sense of this trend some speculate that unhappy but stable pre-pandemic couples might have remained stable by spending considerable time apart before march 2020 between commutes work hours social enga- engagements family obligations and kids activities married couples could function day to day without spending much time together So it was kind of easier to tolerate, right? Uh, Many unhappy couples had sufficient distractions to prevent their attention from settling on the state of their marriage. Stay-at-home orders and social isolation changed that. Suddenly couples could not ignore their relationship. Therefore, marriages are just another COVID-19 casualty. Sadly, sad but true and if I speak to my colleagues and myself we are all seeing more and more couples who are struggling through these difficult times and you know if there are were already little fault lines in the marriage the pandemic has just created a big like they just broke wide open and so couples could no longer kind of ignore the issues they and many felt they, it was a good time to, uh, invest on that. A uh, great news. Somebody got, got great news. We have a rule. It's you can masturbate anytime. No shame. It's awesome. Good. Uh, I'm glad that that's you, the rule in your, um, relationship. Very good. Uh, let's see. My girlfriend and I have fun watching movies together replete with our simultaneous commentaries alongside Barbara Streisand movies the past few weekends. Oh, that brings me back to days long ago when Barbara Streisand was the it girl. Um, all right. Got a couple of minutes here. I'm going to share this since we have been talking about masturbation, um, the sale of sex toys as you know has gone way up but here rolling stone did an article where they talked about sex toys for guys and there's not that many options but i'm gonna tell you what they are Uh, guys have been realizing that sex toys are really just an upgrade from your often used hand because of this shift in perception Brands have been releasing some of the best sex toys for men that we've ever seen. Ridiculous blow-up dolls are being replaced by high-tech masturbation sleeves and sophisticated toys for elevating intimacy with a partner. And now even sites like Amazon are carrying a whole range of the best sex toys for men. Did you know that? You can have it delivered right to your home. So here are the toys that men use generally. The masturbation sleeve, a pretty straightforward concept. You just insert and enjoy. that That's about it. But there's a few different ones now with motor-powered sleeves and um, all kinds of things. There's uh, Men also choose to get things like a prostate massager. This is something for butt play uh, because the prostate has, you know, packed with nerve endings and it's a pleasure center for men when um, stimulated. And then there are couples toys. So masturbation sleeves, prostate massagers, and toys for couples are all big, big sellers. Now that um, uh, it's kind of much less taboo, it seems, since many more people are talking about self-pleasure during these times. Even governments are telling you in their guidelines, uh, stay at home and uh, enjoy solo sex. So here are some things you can do. Maybe we can get tax credits for that or maybe... I don't know health insurances could pay for these toys now who knows uh, anyway thank you so much for spending your time with me you know how much i appreciate you thank you uh, thanks to our technical producer nicole proano thank you to linda delicia our passion researcher if you want to connect with me on social media you can find me at dr Lori betito last name spelled b-e-t-i-t-o or you can go through my website DrLori.com, where like i said earlier you can find all the podcasts of the past shows Or if you have the iHeart app, you can find them there on the CJD page as well. Coming up next, we bring you this CTV National News. Have a wonderful rest of the evening, an even better weekend, and remember to live your life with passion.